You are listening to She Rises, a podcast dedicated to women who are ready to stop settling and start living their lives by design. If you're ready to talk about the stuff that weighs you down and get practical advice on everything from your health, body image, spirituality, relationships, and personal growth, then you're in the right place. Hello, I'm Giovanna Capoza, your host, master coach, spiritual teacher, and mind-body expert, and I'm on a mission to unsettle women all over the world. Are you ready to rise? Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. Welcome back to another episode of She Rises. I'm your host, Giovanna Capoza, and I want to wish you Happy New Year. It's 2019. Can you believe that? I mean, I was sitting down at one point over the holidays thinking back to when I was a little kid and just marveling that it could even turn 1980 and how I didn't even know how to pronounce that. And now we're 2019. It's kind of trippy. Anyway, welcome back, guys. Welcome to a new year. You know, this episode's kind of funny because my, my intention was to, as usual, do something for the new year. Um, and we definitely are. We're going to be talking about letting go and all kinds of stuff like that. But the topic for today is what happened in December, right? Kind of a weird way to start the new year because why are we talking about the month that just passed? We're in a new year. It's like, Giovanna, get on with it. Why are we talking about this? But December was a really um, interesting month for many people I know, including myself. And the reason I'm bringing in December now, even though we're into a new year, is because the theme for today really is about letting go. We're in a new year, and as such, it's really important that we assess the year that's gone by, that we take with us what will benefit us, and that we really and truly and all wholeheartedly in earnest let go of that which no longer serves us. And I bring in December because yowza, what a month it was. So here's the story, guys. And some of you may resonate with this because a lot of my clients, colleagues, friends, December was just a doozy for them. I don't know what was going on, you know, in the ethers, but it was a doozy. So I decided that I, uh, as part of a group program that I'm a participant in, so not one that I'm running, but one that I'm a participant in, um, I was going to claim a word that I was going to be devoted to for the month of uh, December. And the word that I chose was vulnerability. So I always say that women that come to work with me always come for the three Vs, voice, visibility, and vulnerability. And somehow they think I got this all handled, but we're all a work in progress. And I know that vulnerability is still an edge for me. Like it's, it's still a huge edge. And for those of you listening that it's also an edge for you, you're, you're going to maybe be tickled a little bit by this story. So I, I claimed vulnerability. I was like, okay, the month of December, I'm going to devote myself to vulnerability and the practice of vulnerability and sitting with vulnerability and all of these beautiful things. So that was whatever it was, December 1st. And December 2nd, I was supposed to have a party at my house, a holiday party, which I canceled because my pesky little gallbladder that acts up a couple times a year started acting up. And truth be told that it had been kind of acting up and giving me the signal for a couple weeks. But I was kind of being a bad girl. It was holidays. I was having some things I shouldn't have had. Um, that old dairy that I don't normally have. But what ended up happening was secondary to my lovely gallbladder stones that used to live and reside inside me, I got 
an attack of acute pancreatitis. So I'm making light of it now, but guys, I thought I was going to die. It was so bad. And I was alone in my house and I was curled up in a ball, like literally screaming in agony. I've never pushed out a baby, but I was screaming like they do on TV when they push out the babies. And it was, I was bargaining with God. I was like, just let me, just please let me get through this. Let me get to the telephone and call 911, please. And I promise you, I will have my gallbladder out. Now, this isn't the first time I've had to plead with God because of excruciating abdominal pain, because I've been dealing with this gallbladder thing for over 10 years. and. I was right in the thick of it. And this time it was more severe because it wasn't a gallbladder attack. This time I was having acute pancreatitis. And if you guys know anything about the body, that is not good, <laughs> okay? You do not want to have pancreatitis ever, uh, or at least for a sustained period of time. So I managed to crawl myself out to the living room after I won't, I won't even um, assault your ears and your senses or even your imagination with all the other things that ensued when you have a severe abdominal pain. But I got outside to the living room. I managed to call 911. And I was alone. And I was kind of freaking out because I was alone. Because I thought, this pain's so bad, I'm going to pass out. If I don't get to the phone, they're just going to find me here, God knows when, and who knows what will have happened. Because it was that intense and that severe. So I managed to also record really an inaudible and awful voice message to my niece to tell her to come by. And next thing, you know, I'm in the hospital. I'm fast forwarding quite a bit, but it worked out. I did have to have my little guy out. So I am without a gallbladder in the new year. Um, but it was okay. And I'm fine. I'm here. I survived. I'm good. And what I sat with was a couple things. So first of all, when they finally admitted me to the hospital, um, I was on morphine, so I wasn't in pain, and I, I had this insight, and I thought, oh, I claimed vulnerability this month. Careful what you wish for, right? I claimed vulnerability, and now here I was in my peak state of vulnerability. I was alone when it happened. You know, now I'm, I'm in a hospital. I, you know, my, I did have my niece there. My family came, but I, it was scary, and I was being poked and prodded, and People were asking me questions, and there was all kinds of stuff going on. And I, I kind of had a little giggle to myself. I actually said to my niece, I said, do you want to hear something funny? I actually claimed vulnerability this month as my word. And she kind of had a chuckle because she knows me. Um, and I thought, well, this is interesting. And so what, you know, of course, I had to go through the hospital stay and the tests and, you know, all the stuff that you have to go through. And then finally, you know, surgery to have my gallbladder removed that was causing the pancreatitis. But this whole time, I made a point of just observing what was going on inside me and around me. And as much as I was in the pain, I was also out of the pain observing it. As much as I was in the discomfort, I was out of the discomfort observing it. As much as I was in the vulnerability, I was outside of it, observing it as well. And how was I handling it? And so for those of you that don't know what I mean when I say that, it's, it's a skill that you know, takes practice. And frankly, I don't, I don't have it down either. But there's a skill that you can develop where you become the observer of your life. You become the observer of what is happening around you and to you. So you can still be in your reaction, like, you know, heaven forbid you could have been in a car accident 
And in there, there's, there could be a moment when you're not in the acuteness of it, because obviously in the acute emergent situation of it, it's very hard to do this. But there's a moment where things slow down enough that you could still be in the emotion of what's going on and then be outside of it as well and become the observer of it. And so some interesting things, and I actually wrote down a couple notes here because there were some interesting things that emerged for me. So I was watching my mind and my mind was kicking up all these old stories. I'm alone in the world. I have to do everything by myself. Nobody's around to support me. You know, all manner of, of version of that. And it was, and I was just coming up and coming up and I was noticing how every time one of those thoughts came up, I would feel more sorry for myself. And every time I, I thought that, oh, I'm, I'm by myself in this world and there's no one here and I can't rely on anyone, I felt even more alone and abandoned. I felt even more, um, you know, sick really. And in my, I was being a victim, right? And, you know, some of you might say, well, yeah, of course you're being a victim. You know, you felt sick. Like, of course, like you're allowed to be whiny and sucky and crying and, and upset when you're sick. Of course you are, guys. I am not saying we all need to be martyrs and saints here and be completely perfect. But I really use this as an opportunity to watch the junk that comes up in moments of vulnerability, in moments where, you know, you're on your back and your underbelly is showing, right? You guys have a dog or a cat, you know, when they lie on their back and they show you their underbelly, like, you know, they want a little belly rub, but that's the ultimate act of vulnerability for an animal. And when we as humans experience that, when we have our underbelly exposed, um, which is funny, like I'm saying this, realizing that I, my underbelly was exposed because I had abdominal surgery. <laughs> um, but when we have those moments, you know, it really benefits us and it behooves us to observe what's going on. Because while we want vulnerability, and whilst we say, yeah, I want to be more, more vulnerable, and I want to learn to be more vulnerable, that's also when the stuff that's kicking around in your subconscious starts to kick up. So I had this really interesting experience of observing these old things coming up. And then, you know, once I was out of surgery and then I, you know, it was, it was, it was a quick surgery and I was overnight in the hospital and then home and, you know, recovery went really well, but I had time to continue to reflect. And I thought, well, what else does this surgery like represent this whole way that it went down? Cause my sister had her gallbladder out last year and she had you know, a similar sort of pancreatic thing happened a few weeks prior, but it wasn't as severe as mine. It died down. They scheduled sur surgery and she basically like was in and out. They kind of, it's kind of like gallbladder surgery. Is, if it's scheduled, it's kind of like having your wisdom teeth out. They just like, they wake you up and they kick you out. But for me, it was this acute, dramatic, like crazy situation and in the hospital and two nights and surgery and all this stuff. And I thought, well, this is interesting that it went down this way. And I was reflecting on how it went down. And I had another big aha. And it was a little bit of a chuckle because I've written quite a few blogs about this topic. And I talk a lot about getting the whisper, the nudge, and the brick. You know, and the universe will give you a whisper. And oftentimes, because we're so busy or we've got our face planted in our phone, we don't get the whisper. And then we'll get a little nudge and the universe will be like, nudge, nudge. And then when we don't listen to the nudge, we get a brick in the head. And I was like, oh my God, this was totally a brick in the head for me. Now, being a trained nutritionist and an alternative medicine doc and having a lot of training and background, I knew why I needed to hang on to my gallbladder for as long as I could. I knew that. 
And so I, you know, maintained it through like a pretty good diet and supplements, et cetera. And I was doing a pretty good job. I really only get two gallbladder attacks a year. And yet there was something that was nudging me more so in the last couple of years that it might be time to have this surgery and it might be time and it might be time. And it was kind of nudging at me and I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll get to it. Because for me, it had become, this might sound familiar for you guys, it became something to me that was my new normal, right? So I had them for 10 years. I had gallbladder attacks maybe twice, three times a year for 10 years. So it almost became part of my normal way of being. So I was like, well, you know, like, that's fine. I, I can still cope with this, right? How many of you guys, just stop right now and think, have something going on in your life which is less than great, and we'll call it even mediocre or not too great, and you're just saying to yourself, yeah, well, it's all right. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it one day. And I noticed that that's what I was doing with myself over the last couple of years was I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And it's almost as though I've seen this, this go through in my life that I wait for that brick in the head. It's like I'm, I stubbornly hang on to things until the universe says, bang, it is time to let this go. And, you know, maybe I'm just a stubborn learner. But, and you know, and again, I've written quite a few blogs around this. I've talked about this on Facebook Lives before, and I chuckle and laugh at myself. And I saw with this whole situation how I had done that again. I thought that, there it is. That's so interesting. Like, that is interesting. So what I did was I sat down with myself, and I took the opportunity to write down and examine all of these old beliefs. I'm all alone in the world. I got to do everything by myself, you know. Um, all that misindependent mantra that I had going on and I don't get support. And then I hang on to things. I hang on to things, stubbornly hang on to them until literally an outside force has to say, dude, let it go. And so it was such a powerful insight for me. And then of course it sparked a lot of conversation with clients and friends about where they also do this. And in sharing this story with them, they were like, oh my God, like me too. You know, for them, it wasn't their gallbladder, but for them, it was a relationship. For them, it was a job. For them, it was, you know, something to do with their health in, in general. It may have not been something surgical that had to happen, but, you know, weight loss or just, just starting to walk or an exercise routine or whatever it was, they were stubbornly hanging on to the comfortable, uncomfortable right? So my gallbladder attacks, although they happen two or three times a year, they were brutal. And if anyone of you listening has had a gallbladder attack, you know what I'm talking about. They were brutal and they were painful and they were awful and gross. And it took me out for a couple days and, and I had to be careful when I ate, you know, like I was having a ticking time bomb in me. But somehow I had gotten used to this. Somehow I thought, well, this is how I live now, right? So it's like I got this thorn in my side and when it got really bad, instead of doing something about it, I got used to it. Now, of course, I rationalized it, again, because of my training and my education, and I knew how important a gallbladder is, because it really is important. It concentrates your bile. It helps you emulsify and digest fats, et cetera, et cetera. I can go on and on. Um, but it wasn't functioning properly, and it kept getting worse and worse. But it had become my normal. So this uncomfortable thing had become eh, comfortable. I can live with it. Being on the other side of that now, 
And, you know, getting back on like a you know, new year and back on my ketogenic diet, I'm not having the stress. I don't have the background anxiety. I noticed how much background anxiety I was carrying around eating and food, especially being on keto because it's a very high fat diet, right? Because of this ticking time bomb. And so that's my story, guys. And I wanted to share it with you because I think when we share our stories, it's a really great way to, for you to reflect on your own story. Where are you uncomfortable with something or something is uncomfortable, but you know, you kind of just said, well, that's life. That's how my life is, you know, and you made it comfortable. Somehow you're sitting in the comfort of your discomfort. discomfort. Where are you doing that? And what old beliefs and old things that you are stubbornly hanging on to that is time to let go of? So that's why we started with what the hell happened in December? Because that really, really amplified and led up to what I do every year at the new year, which is review my year and let go of what needs to be let go of any places where there's energy leaking, any relationships or conversations that need to be had or even things within yourself that you have incompleted and complete those, um, put them aside or move on with them, whatever it might be, but review your year, take what was great and leave the rest behind. And so I did that leading up to New Year's Eve. And then on New Year's Eve, I did that as well. And uh, I do a ritual on New Year's Day as well to bring in the new light and bring in the new energy. Um, and this was all a lead up to that. So how was your December? Did anything funky happen for you? Um, did you have any upheavals? Hopefully, pray to God, you didn't end up in the hospital like I did. But what was going on for you? And if nothing bubbled up for you, then what's happening with you right now? We've started a new year. We're in this fresh energy. You know, the month of January, everyone's really peppy and alive and ready to go. And eventually it starts to wane. I am not a believer in New Year's resolutions at all. I'm not a believer in them. But the energy does ramp up this time of year. So we need to decide what we're going to do with that. And I would posit that one of the best ways to deal with this ramp up of energy that you have within yourself and within the collective consciousness is to examine what needs to be let go of. What do you need to let go of in order to walk into this beautiful, bright, fresh, shiny year and be free, be completely and utterly free. This little thing that I made normal that I didn't want to address, that I was just coping with, it was a ticking time bomb. And I would venture to guess that the thing that you're making normal, the thing that you are just saying, yeah, well, it's fine. I'll just deal with it. I'll cope with it. I would venture a guess that that also is potentially a ticking time bomb in your life. And don't wait for the brick. That's my message to you guys starting this new year. Do not wait for the brick. Start fresh. Start this amazing brand new year free of all the things that have been binding you. And it does not go unnoticed to me <laughs> that the very thing that was removed from me, my, my non-functioning gallbladder, was holding stones, right? Think of stones hard, 
heavy, cumbersome. You know, the gallbladder uh, represents, uh, it, it, it plays along with the liver and they both represent anger, resentment. And I was, I was joking around a little bit saying how, God, what am I going to do with all my anger and resentment now that my gallbladder is gone? <laughs> um, but it represents years of that buildup of old stuff, old stuff that was ready to go that I kept hanging on to. So guys, my wish for you in 2019 is that you let go and you trust and that you free yourself. Make this the year that you are free from all the things that tie you up in knots, that bind you, that keep you trapped and stuck. That's my wish for you. Happy New Year's, guys. I cannot wait for the rest of this year. I've got some amazing podcast guests lined up. There's going to be more of me this year, which some of you have requested, and so you'll be happy about that. And we're just going to keep going. I'm wrapping up and finishing my book, hopefully, this year. I can't wait for you guys to read it. It is getting more and more exciting the more and more I, I start to like wrap up the themes and, and look at what's happening. Um, I'm getting fixed and ready to uh, find an agent and a publisher. So it's getting really exciting, guys, and I can't wait for that to be out in the world finally to birth that baby. And stay tuned here. I will definitely keep you posted of everything that's going on. So much love, guys. Happy 2019. Happy New Year. And God bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and keep rising everyone for books and resources related to today's episode make sure you head over to sherisespodcast.com and i'll see you there if you've enjoyed today's episode make sure you tune back in next week when i dive into more juicy topics to help make your life the best it can be and hey if you've enjoyed listening to the show and you'll love it head on over to itunes and leave me a rate and review and subscribe there to the show 